Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening from. Hi, guys. Hope you guys are well. And um, I'm so excited because I'm actually tired of talking to myself, guys. Kieran, hello. Hi, Yasin. Hi, Homegirls community. <laughs> How are you? So good to be here. I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's good to have you. Um, welcome, new co-host. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is my favourite title yet. Honestly, I'm so excited to have you here um, and to to be doing the podcast with someone else. And um, so, Kieran, what what made you want to be Homegirls co-host? What inspired you? Oh my goodness. Well, firstly, as you know, I'm a big Homegirls fangirl. So um, anything to do with homegirls, I'm like, right, I'm there, I'm getting involved. Somehow I'm going to be a part of it. And then being an eldest myself, all I spend probably most of my time doing is talking about eldest things. Um, and especially to those who are not eldest. And I'm like, I need to talk it out to a community of people who get it. And then this came along and I was like, right, Yasin um you are out here just making dreams come true so let's do this um let's talk about it and potentially i've got a different angle of being an eldest like my my perspective and my positioning might be a bit different yeah um to how you say like the first generation like immigrant experience like mine is not that both my parents were born um in england in birmingham actually so i have a slightly different um perspective on things but I thought it could be interesting to bring into the mix. Yes. No, I, I definitely agreed. agree as well because I think what makes the eldest daughter role so unique is you can have so many girls from different households going through like similar things. And I think you can have different characteristics, different age, race, um, ethnicity, all going through a similar things. So I think it's really important to have that representation. What was it like growing up for you? Like, when did you first realise that your firstborn daughter role is kind of the your dominant role in life, if that makes sense? Mm. You know, to be honest, I, I think the first time I actually consciously thought of it was when you guys came along to Goldrum when you applied to um, our COVID fund yeah. in 2020. Okay. <laughs> and when I saw the, the like your your name, the application, what you do, and like you talked about this very specific experience about being an eldest daughter, I was like, wait, what? I was like, this is a thing. This is th-. like, I know I'm the eldest, I know. and But I always thought like informally, these are like, experiences we have or they might just be one-off or you just or just I felt it or maybe my cousin I didn't know it was like an actual like thing until actually I saw you and then I was like there's a term there's a name there's there's a definition there's a community this whole thing is out there so I think I've probably yeah I've gone like that many years in life without actually realizing yeah um and then 2020 came along you came along and that's when it all clicked it was like wow um when you once you realized and then hindsight was everything making sense to you oh my god you know 
the you put out the term parentification i was like oh my god like <laughs> that is that that's been like like that that is it um that is the whole definition of basically being an eldest but yeah it all made sense from there and then after that it's one of those things you know like when you you see something i don't know like you see a yellow car and then you can't stop seeing it yes it was like that like once i became like aware now everything i saw and even so many more people were now talking about being the eldest and i've never really heard that as as like a conversation starter or things that you see online or even things that people talk about in person and after that there was like no going back i could see it <laughs> everywhere and it all made sense it was like flags red flags red flags i'm an eldest daughter <laughs> <laughs> and that's it was red flags specifically and you were like oh no <laughs> now there's a lot of like deep work to be done here um i didn't know i was operating from this place or i'm you know operating here or i need to heal this or i need to do that like now you've become aware of that like you can't unsee that about yourself or about your life experience or about others like that's it now yeah no it's it's so true and i think like even me i didn't realize my eldest daughter role till that it affected me in life till i met hannah and we were doing some work together and that's kind of how homegirl started because we went we were doing on we were doing a project together from a fellowship and then every time we had a meeting um we would be complaining about things we were that was happening at home and then we kind of came together to realize that the only difference was where we're both eldest eldest daughters that's the reason all these things were happening to us and that's kind of when we were like we need to start a support group for eldest daughters and since then I was like oh my god this happened to me when I was 11 this happened to me when I was 16 (laughs) this is why my parents made me do this and I think we get like people coming to homegirls saying oh my god I didn't know this was it I didn't know this was the reason why I'm like this so it's really it's a really interesting sometimes scary realization and I think it's a bit easier when you do it within a community rather than on your own because then at least I feel like you have that support there yeah 100% it does because you you feel like you're not alone or you haven't been making up things about yourself or to yourself it's like no it's you get real validation for how you've been feeling but I was going to ask so before you did meet Hannah then and then you kind of had that realization when you were younger or growing up the kind of things you were going through as an eldest like what did you chalk them up to did you just think it was unique to you and your family or did you kind of know it seemed to be this way but you just didn't have I don't know like the the right words or description for that kind of experience I think um I I knew I was there was a reason that it was because I was the eldest but I didn't know that it was a universal experience so for so in so I'm Gambian and I was born in Gambia and in Gambia there's actually a name given to firstborn daughters so most firstborn daughters in Gambia have the same name and it's um the name is Fatu so if you meet someone that's a firstborn girl the likelihood is their name is Fatu. So, and there's even another term that 
the firstborns generally get. So it's like a big emphasis put on being a firstborn. And then my my dad always used to be like, oh, you're, you have to set an example for your siblings. Like when I'm, I'm going to be gone, like you have to look after them. Da, 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 da. But I thought that was just my dad being my dad. And then yeah. afterwards, when I got older, I realized, I feel like to some extent it was easier when I didn't know, because now that I know, I get angry. Like, why, why, are, you treating, like, why are you treating me like this because I'm a firstborn girl? When I didn't know, I could just coast along kind of thing. Mm. Um Ignorance is bliss, Yasin. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. It really is. And I was and when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God. I was just living my life in Yorkshire, um, not knowing like this is what my life is happening to me. But now that I'm so aware and every time someone does something, I'm like, Are you testing me? Like, is this because you know I'm a people pleaser and I'm gonna do it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's really um, <laughs> yes I didn't know you grew up in Yorkshire yeah I grew up in West Yorkshire around Leeds you can't the accent's gone because I've been in London and yeah uh so when you grew up as you were growing up you had an up north accent oh yeah oh my god even when I go home now and come oh. back to London it when I Apparently, when I'm annoyed and angry, it comes out. Um, but my, my family, my siblings have proper Yorkshire accents. Um, and wow. it's, yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing. But <laughs> it's one of those, those places where it's very thick accent. Mm, well, you know, it could be worse. And I really hope there's not people from Birmingham who love the Birmingham accent. <laughs> listening but it could be worse and you could have a thick Birmingham accent um and that one's really hard to shake I, I feel like your Birmingham accent doesn't come out that much I hear it here and there but I feel like ah, okay. it's not as strong as I've, I've heard stronger ones mm, okay I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a compliment <laughs> and I'm gonna run with it um, you're, you're fine you're fine um so how what's your your family dynamic like do you how many siblings do you have um have you are your siblings like still need do they still need looking after or are they all grown up but still need looking after kind of technically yeah okay I'm glad you added that bit on the end because when you said are they all grown up and I was like does that matter when you're an eldest like does that ever go away um so as I briefly mentioned earlier so my uh parents were both born in um england and both specifically birmingham as well um so it was my grandparents who were immigrants um to this to this country um and then i've got two sisters um mm. who are obviously younger than me and and then a dog i don't know how i don't know why that's relevant but um <laughs> two so yeah they are grown up they are grown up. They are both in their twenties, mm -hmm. um, but I I don't think that still um, matters. I think when you're the eldest, you just you're just the eldest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, although they can take care of themselves and they can 
live alone and they can do all these things at the moment um i do live uh with well had was living with both of them and now one of them um and i think it just never goes away like even if they don't ask things of me i feel compelled to do it to make sure like they've eaten dinner or check that they've done this or when they go out double check that um and i don't know if i don't know do, do you feel that as well do you feel like that ever goes away like what about you like your siblings how old are they like what's your dynamic with them yeah i feel like when i moved out of the house it helped more because when i was oh. i was doing the same like i feel like i always say this eldest daughters we need to mind our business that's the problem that's why we can't get away from this role because we want to help we want to save people but when I lived at home it was yes very similar checking in all the time even now like I don't live at home but I have my sister on um my apple locations so sometimes I'm just I just go yeah. check in on her to see that she's where she's supposed to be. Um, and funnily enough, I have most of my girlfriends on Apple location, and sometimes before bed I'm like, "Yep, everyone's home. I can sleep. I'm fine." <laughs> and um, so it's it's just getting to that point where you're like. I, I've, I've started saying, because we get this a lot in the rant sessions, is people saying, oh, they, they always have to do things for their siblings. They ha- always have to make sure people are fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I always, I've started responding with the fact that we always do things for people. We're taking away a learning opportunity away from them. Because when when you're doing things for someone all the time they have no incentive to do it for themselves and then they leave the house and they can't do things for themselves and that can't be good for any grown person and I think I don't know if you stayed at home for uni or moved up but you can definitely tell the kids who were more independent at home versus the kids who got things done for them at home um so it's I think whenever you feel the urge to do things for someone just be like they're they're capable like they're more than fine to do it themselves it's true it's true and and they will that's that's the like that's a thing about it like when we leave them to it they do figure it out because when we're not there they're obviously getting by somehow exactly but the moment we're in the picture it's like suddenly we feel completely responsible and suddenly they can't do anything yeah um and then this dynamic just happens but obviously for the time that we're not there they are getting by they're figuring it out they're learning their lessons they're being independent Mm. sometimes you know they're even thriving um but what you said about minding your business i think like that is the best like simple statement i think i've heard for for elders but i know the difficulty with minding our own business is the like guilt that comes along yes with it mm-hmm. um and the shifting of, of the guilt like whether you're shifting out because you feel responsible for your siblings or and feeling responsible for your parents yeah. it's like how do you start to shift away and start to mind your own business but also kind of leave some of that uh, that guilt behind. behind as well yeah I think the at least for me 
the reason the guilt comes in a lot of the time is because I'm like, oh, I could have made their lives easier, but I chose not to. And then I will start feeling guilty about mm. it. Um, and so there's there's a lot. I think people should read a lot about helpful guilt and unhelpful guilt because helpful guilt is good guilt, is when you hurt people and you feel bad about it and as you should, but unhelpful guilt is feeling guilty for things that you shouldn't feel guilty about because maybe because of the environment you were raised in, you've been um, told that you need to be a caregiver, you need to make sure everyone's fine. So when that role is removed away from you, either by others or by yourself, you start thinking something's not right here and your body's like, no, feel bad, feel bad. But I think it's actually maybe reassuring yourself <clears throat> that this is okay. Like what time I'm not doing a bad thing here by not checking in on that person. I'm not doing a bad thing here by not making sure that they've eaten because they're a grown capable adult. If you did that same thing to a child, then you should feel guilty because they're not capable of looking after themselves. But if it's a grown functioning adult, um, I think it's being intentional with ourselves and actually stopping ourselves in our tracks to be like, okay, I feel bad and I'm experiencing this feeling, but I know I shouldn't feel bad. And like talk to people if you're if you're feeling that way. Like get reassurance if you think if you're not sure if you're doing the right thing or not, because that can also help you calm yourself and be able to know that you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I hope um, all the elders listening are uh, taking notes. <laughs> I mean, I definitely am, and I hope we're all collectively doing that. Yeah. Um, because I think even though we know a lot of this, like we still need to hear it. Mm -hmm. um, like it's always that thing, like we know these things about ourselves. We know what we should and shouldn't be be doing, but sometimes we just have to be reminded or just told like point blank by somebody who gets it or somebody who cares that it's like, don't do it. You don't need to, yeah. it's fine. Um, that, that constant um, reassurance, because I don't think we, we give that to ourselves enough no but we do give it to others right we're very good at reassuring others all the time yeah we're so good at being um compassionate and forgiving and all those things that we would hope that we get in life we're so good at giving it mm -hmm. like you said but outwardly but to ourselves oh god like now we're like worse in a critic yeah um and we have nothing but uh, bad things to say about ourselves. It's, 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 oh. <laughs> you know what? Um, why do we do it? Why? That's why I'm like, I was talking to my friend the other day. I'm like, nothing has succeeded as well as patriarchy. And now I'm thinking it has succeeded as, <laughs> as much as how eldest daughters have been parentified and made to think that they should be responsible for everyone because I feel like it's a yeah. trap that escaping it is so hard because mm -hmm. I remember yeah. someone was saying 
that they were in uni, like in another city, and they were in a queue to go, like, I think to a bar or a club or something. And their mom texted them, and their mom was like, Why aren't you home? And she was like, Because I'm going to the club. Their mom was like, Go home. And then she went home. And they were in this different cities. Wow. I was like, I would block that woman till morning time. Wow. Like, <laughs> be like let me live exactly <laughs> oh wow but younger siblings will be like i'm going i'll see you in two days and they'll be like okay right <laughs> listen younger siblings have this confidence and this rebellious energy i love it that we as elders could only wish for like they're so good at setting boundaries like sometimes i'll be like oh i'll just do that thing for whether it's like my mom or so just someone in the family and like my younger sister would be like, just don't. And I'm like, what do you mean just just don't? And she's like, just say no. And I'm like, what does that mean? Um, so they're so good at like, I'm like, don't you feel bad for that thing? And she's like, no, not really. Um, because I want to do this thing. I said I was going to do it. I'm doing it. Like, what What do I have bad about. to feel bad about? Yeah. Um, I'm like, you can feel bad about everything. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And she was like, She's always like, no, like every time I do something now, to be fair, they like my sisters have like learned a lot more about the the sibling dynamics of like being the eldest and the middle and the youngest and stuff. And now when I do certain things, they'll call it out. Like they'll be like, oh, you're such an eldest. Like That's such an eldest thing to do. Yeah. Like stop doing it. Um, like it doesn't necessarily help me stop doing it, but it, it makes me aware that I'm doing it. Yeah, that's that's very true. And I think that's really important. Yeah, my little sister does that as well. She'll be like, oh, here she comes again with her rules. Like when <laughs> I'm just like, no, I just like structure. Like I want to know what's happening and when it's happening. We have to know all the time and like all the details. I think we were talking about this the other day um, in our board meeting about like, I check the weather daily, yeah. right? I need to know. <laughs> what I'm letting myself in for when I get changed and, and ready for the day and decide to go and leave the house. I didn't know that not it's not a thing everybody does. And then when we were talking and we were like, oh, we all do it, but not everybody we know does it. They just get up and go with the flow. I'm like, you mean to tell me you don't know if it's going to rain so you haven't packed your umbrella or you don't know if it's going to be really hot so you didn't go with layers you could take off? Like, like what do we mean? How How do we feel like ready for the day if we don't know as much about the day in advance as possible i was like what are you guys doing with your lives but then <laughs> it turns out we have the problem because it's like um like how much you know what it is i think a friend of mine said just like like how much do you like to control things and i was like it's not a control thing it's a we like to be you know best prepared <laughs> for yeah. absolutely everything um in life i mean it, it it is probably a control thing but <laughs> i'm like i think it's it's ingrained because when you you have to kind of be responsible for everything and mm -hmm. everyone and you feel that sense of it it makes you feel the need to literally have that sense of control or that sense of that you can do something about it with everything even something like the weather which living in this country is completely out of your control Exactly. I think I think it is a control issue because when I was when I was planning Elder's Daughter Day, um, if you remember, the initial plan yeah. was to, 
to do a picnic and I was like oh the weather I literally had hours I've never spent so much time on the BBC weather website to check every every other day I'm like oh it's raining 90% rain now it was 70 yesterday um and then I ended up having so much anxiety that changed all the plans because it was just like I need to be oh my god that's why I needed to be in control of what's happening see it's in everything we do it's so bad but honestly I don't see why you would no, leave the house without checking the weather to be honest honestly yeah that seems reckless. I go as far as to be like so it's going to be like warm but like the wind um like how strong the wind's going to be because it tells you like something this many miles per hour and I'm like see that's warm but it's windy yes exactly I'm like now <laughs> to what level it's going to be warm or to what level it's going to be cold exactly and then you put your you bring a tote bag just in case it gets oh, hot gosh. so you can take your hoodie off are these are these <laughs> not like the little details that everybody does because I need to know if for anyone listening like I need to know is it exclusively I, an Aldis thing or just do most people just do that like are we overthinking it like what what is this I'm gonna do a poll um because you know on oh. on Spotify you can do polls now on episodes so I'm gonna do one can you guys vote because I want to know if me and Kieran are just mad or if this is just how everyone else that's an eldest daughter behaves because I think it's an eldest daughter thing and to be honest <laughs> I'm not gonna stop looking at the weather and packing my hoodie because it just makes me feel prepared and better when I see people in their flip-flops and it's chucking it down what is going on you didn't check the weather <laughs> no no but Yasin if it turns out that it is a Kieran and Yasin problem like now we're gonna have to address that problem so you know this could go two ways or do we because maybe they're the abnormal ones mm. maybe they're the right ones because why would you leave your house with that <laughs> <laughs> That's true. i think because um because i just it is is it just not a natural thing to do yeah. Like sometimes I even put my hand out to check how it feels. Oh my know? god! Just... Do you do that in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so wildly specific. I didn't think anybody else did that. <laughs> I was like, I thought this is how the whole of UK was living because of the kind of weather we have. But clearly, it's just the people from Midlands and up north um oh. yorkshire and birmingham um yeah i'm gonna have to investigate this because it's it's too fine a detail i'll investigate and i'll let you guys know what i find um <laughs> going on to another eldest daughter trait <clears throat> um one thing i've kind of realized is eldest daughter's tend to not always but tend to go into roles in terms of professionally that help a lot mm. of people mm -hmm. and you are a founder of an organization that helps women and girls <laughs> can you tell us a bit about girl dreamer yes um 
Yeah, that's a really good point, by the way. And I love that both of us are in that kind of space as we're talking about it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, don't know if we mentioned it, but the a co-founder and the CEO of a non-profit organization called Girl Dreamer. And we support the personal, professional and communal development of young women of color to tackle social inequality. Um, and yeah, you're 100% right, Yasin, because even before setting up um, like my own organization, before that I was working in the um, like charity sector, started off volunteering as a mentor in schools, and then stayed in that sector for a bit longer, then just worked through it and then set up. So it's literally been like a 10 year professional journey in this kind of service type role. Um, and to be honest, it's been the thing that, that seems to come most naturally yes. because it just feels like an extension of, I suppose, like who we are as eldest daughters. Mm. Um, you know, we're used to, to giving or being of service or just this innate need to, to help and it makes us feel better and we're really good at it. Um, and so mm -hmm. doing that professionally just honestly feels like an extension of, I suppose, like who I who I am as a person. No, I, I completely agree. And it's like very fulfilling when you, I mean, at least for the roles that we're doing, that you're able to help others and meet their needs, etc. Because I mean, <clears throat> elders daughters have such like variation of skills and leadership skills being yeah. one of them. Um, I remember reading somewhere like, Elders' daughters tend to be like the one of the most successful out of all their siblings. Like they're very, um, they're very ambitious, etc. And I think sometimes that can come to their own with its own issues. Yeah. Um, and finding a balance is what kind of is really important in this role. So how how do you? feel like your eldest daughter role has helped you become a better leader yes that's such a good point I think um I do think as well that eldest daughters do make really good leaders there's a level of care and attention to detail and I suppose that pride in in your work and how you do things that that just fits so well um for me What's the question about balance? You know, it just went straight out my head because I'm thinking too many steps ahead. What? What? <laughs> How does your eldest daughter role make you a better leader? Ah, uh, yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, I do think it's those traits. You know, I think being able to care a lot about what you do, um, the people involved, how things are perceived, even if sometimes. Like initially you can think, oh, it's it's being a bit too much. But, you know, when you start something, having that that level of, of care or that level of attention to detail or being sort of meticulous about things, it actually really helps, especially when you're starting something out and you have to build something, yes. you have to grow something. Like all of those skills transfer so well to, you know, being a leader of, of anything. Um, yeah. And I think that the kind of... I suppose like easily uh, like the rapport building that we have with people I feel like eldest are quite likable quite instantly by people um yeah. 
we've had to kind of go into those social spaces and talk to different generations and navigate lots of different people and spaces. And so, again, when moving into those kind of roles, it makes it like a lot easier for an eldest because of the fact that you, you know how to do that. Like you're not afraid to do that. You've done it your whole life. So a lot of those skills translate really naturally. But on the flip side, Yasin, Mm-hmm. there's some things that we do <laughs> there's some things that we do that maybe don't translate so well into that role um and you're gonna tell us what some of those are aren't you yes I'll do it um <laughs> because um I feel like one of the hardest parts of my leadership journey and running home girls is not being able to ask for help and feeling like it's just easier if I do it myself and I think that comes with it's such a problematic way of doing things because it can lead it can lead to burnout um it can lead to not giving your best because you're balancing or trying to balance so many things that you're not giving your 100% if you had less on your plate I think that's been one of my biggest issues. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And how are you with creating, like in your leadership journey, creating your own boundaries or your boundaries with others? Um, I'm I'm laughing because like, mm. (laughs) okay, so basically, was that a loaded question? No, because it's not it's not a loaded question. I think my problem is when things get stressful and hectic, and to be honest with homegirls, it's probably maybe three or two or three months in the year where I can say this this is very hectic because of like funding, things like that. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, mm-hmm. I basically go tunnel vision whatever I can't see anything anyone around me and also my work Mm. becomes my life and it doesn't help that when that time comes I don't really have boundaries and anything goes so and on so my partner he has amazing work-life boundaries right 5 p.m this guy's laptop is shot (laughs) and then I'm the opposite. I'm like in the night typing da 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 da. And like unfortunately now he's getting to the point is like you can't carry on like this. No one's gonna die if you don't send that email. It's it's not healthy being like this all the time. And the last the last week has been super hectic because of like deadlines and stuff. And it's been like actually the advisory board coming to me and being like Yasin you need to stop like this is why we're here and the trustees like helping etc and that's when I realized that actually I can't give my best when I'm not at my best and I think that's why even Mm -hmm. if I think it's the end of the world if I don't send this last thing it's not the end of the world and I can close my laptop go to bed and start again in the morning and I think that's important because it will actually help me be a better leader and not hate my job so because I'm fighting it (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But I think what you said then about like but eldest is like giving ourselves the permission to say, you know, and just be fine with being like, right now I'm really tired or I've got nothing else to give or just saying like, you know what, I can't right now. And like that's that's okay because we feel that we always have to be able mm-hmm. to. Um and it's a negative if we say I can't or or even I don't yeah. want to. Um like sometimes that's that's hard too, but feeling that having the weight of the world on our shoulders is definitely something that I think just runs through. Like you said, like we we tunnel vision to the point where we think I am responsible for for absolutely everything in the world yeah. right now. Like if I don't send this thing or if I don't finish by this deadline or if I don't go that extra mile, like everything's going to fall apart. The organization is going to close tomorrow. All the funders are not going to give us money. Um, you know, our reputation will be tarnished. And it's like, God, it's just an email. Got yes. I, I'm like, is she in my mind? Because that's literally the thought process that I have. Like, oh, my God, um, this person's going to be upset with me. This person probably doesn't even check their email till like after whatever time. like other people have boundaries and I think when I I'm working on it so when I accomplished that part of my leadership journey I think I'll definitely thrive better as a leader and running home girls and actually enjoying it when those stressful times come along yeah 100% once those boundaries you know sometimes I think those kind of boundaries like finishing at five and just putting the laptop down so there's like the the benefits of like having an eldest in the leadership roles means that you know we can have a high level or high quality of work and we give our all and we we try and we're really good with people and we're you know all of those things but like you said the flip side is that you know boundaries we're not we're not very good with so five o'clock means nothing to us we'll we'll just keep going and this is why sometimes I'm like is it good for elders to be in roles where you have to set your own boundaries? Or I suppose that's just a challenge that we have to navigate for ourselves is that if we end up in roles where um, there's a lot of flexibility and there's not like set structures around what we do, then it is up to us to have to put that in place. And that's like a challenge that comes along with this wonderful opportunity to, to kind of step into a leadership role or start an organization or anything that that's like that it's like also this this sense of um we've got to challenge ourselves and and do that whilst thriving somehow yeah it's like it's like it's a double-edged sword isn't it like the eldest daughter role and everything that comes with it it's really hard and sometimes um I always when when it gets rough I'm like I wish I could just work for someone and Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you have that? let me clock in at nine let me finish at five <laughs> tell me what to do sort my pay- paycheck out like just you be responsible I think there's some days where you can't help but go you know what why in my personal life where I didn't really have yeah. choice did I like I ended up with all the responsibility over like everyone and everything and then why did I professionally choose to do the same um, because that was a choice. I actually never thought about it from that perspective that I chose to do this to myself in both my my I yeah personal life no yep. choice professional life I actually chose to do this. 
we chose this. wow yeah. i i need to have a word with self because <laughs> those pressures you know that funding making sure that you know eldest daughter day can run or making sure that we have enough money in the dream fund or that everybody can be paid at the end of the month and the office roof stays over our head and all those things like there's realizations when i'm really tired and i sit there and i'm like i can't do anything else i have to sit there and go i chose this like i actually decided that with all the responsibility in my personal life that it was a really good idea to take it all on professionally yeah, like, um, so what i'm doing is not enough let me add to yeah. it yeah because we have a problem <laughs> it's 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 very wild and i think hopefully um the next generation of eldest daughters i definitely feel like we eldest daughters are more inclined to to take up things like this i think we we do have it yeah. in us and I, i'm definitely i'm mm -hmm. sure you guys already know we're not discouraging anyone not to take on any like leadership roles etc but balance is the important mm -hmm. of it and having boundaries between your personal life and your work life sorry i was gonna say me saying that is still in the premise that i absolutely love what i do and i don't i wouldn't have changed anything about it for the world it it's an absolute blessing like you said and, and we have those natural abilities to step into that role and so we should because we do make really good um leaders it's just what you said it's just it's just the balancing and the boundaries setting them early on if you decide that this is the kind of role you want to step into is just so important because it's one of those things where you can easily burn out um and if we don't set the boundaries in for ourselves like they just don't exist and that is a recipe for disaster so it's it's step into that leadership like because it is in us also make sure that the boundaries and the balance and that is set there really early on so it sets us up right for i suppose the professional journey that that we're going to take on uh, you're absolutely right I do I do come out with my I should work for someone else but I know I would absolutely hate it so yeah. I will be yeah. using the next few days to think about my work life boundaries and balances and hopefully once yeah. things calm down with work I can actually you know make good choices and stuff 100% and for any elders who are nine to five and working for someone and getting through also that's an incredible choice if that also works for you as well because I think there's those of us who actually thrive by having that structure around us so that those boundaries are in place and then we can just thrive within that time and within that space um and so there's there's also that so essentially wherever we end up whether we are working for someone and we're in nine to five roles in that, or whether we've decided to go on there, let's start something up on our own and go on the entrepreneurial journey. Either which way, I think we have those skills that translate and transfer so well into to anything that we yeah. do. Um, and we would be so much better if we just took better care of Definitely. ourselves. Definitely. I think wherever we are, whether personal, professional, we all need to remember the boundaries that we should set between us and those people or whoever is within our environment because that's something we all struggle with and um, 
setting boundaries doesn't make you a bad person and um, you can leave work at work and live your life until you go back. Thank you so much, Kieran. My new (laughs) co-host. Oh my God. What an exciting, exciting. Well, thank you so much for for having me as your co-host. It was so nice. It just felt like We've just been on the phone and we've just been having a conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. I really, really enjoy talking to you. And, you know, like usually at the end, I'll be like, guys, we'll be back next week with another guest. But no, guys, we'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm so excited. There's so many things that we're going to explore together and I think having our different experiences of how we grew up here but then our similar ones and then the nuances like how deep we got into the weather like there's going to be so many interesting topics and just thank you so much for having me be a part of it and you know for the to be a part of the community and be be trusted by you you know it means it means thank you so much I really appreciate you and I can't wait to see where we take this. And um, I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone else is too. So guys, next time, Kieran will be doing the Homegirls intro. So I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> um, I better start practicing then. I hope you guys have a good day, night, morning, wherever you are. And we will catch you next week. Bye for now. Mm -hmm. and be kind to yourselves Bye. bye